What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast and resource dedicated to telling these stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. Hope everything's going well for you guys. Uh, Thanksgiving has concluded. We took a week off, so if you were curious uh, why the hell we didn't have an episode, that was that was why, because I'm not putting one out on Thanksgiving. Uh, somebody had an issue with that last Thanksgiving, but I didn't really ask anybody's opinion this one, so... Um, but we are back. We do have Adam White. He is the founder and the CEO of front office sports. If you don't know what that is, um, it's a, it's a, I reached out to Adam after finding the episode with him and Adam Martin. Um, if you've been around for the show any period of time, you know, that Adam Martin was on our show back in April, uh, the makers of sport podcast. So, uh, Adam had Adam on. And as soon as Adam White started talking about our guest today, that is, started talking about how he started front office sports, I was like, wow, that sounds eerily similar to what we've been doing here. He would go out uh, as an undergrad, he would interview people, he would write, record them, write them up, put them on a website for people to enjoy. And that grew over a period of time to where he needed more content creators, he needed more writers, he needed um, more social media and stuff. So we'll go through all about his journey from his hometown of Phoenix, Arizona, to where he was in Miami. Now he's staying in Miami uh, and running front office sports, uh, as we mentioned. So, um, yeah, I, I wanted to get all that out of the way and tell you about today's guest um, and tell you about the next month or so. So it's probably going to be about a month. Actually, I don't know why I said or so. But uh, I have finals, believe it or not, next week and the week after that. And then I'm taking the week of Christmas off. So with all that going on, I would need three of the four given weeks in December uh, to produce an episode. And I thought it's not fair to you guys that I just kind of, you know, throw one out, rush one out, kind of really nearly out of the blue. And it's kind of not good for me to take a break during that time when it's oh so crucial to edit something like this uh, of the hours that it takes for me to do these every week um so i decided to take the whole month of december off we'll be back with episode 103 i'm not sure who it is yet i got a good idea based on the emails i've been getting on who is it's going to be uh coming up but um yeah this will give you a lot of time to one catch up on all our episodes because i know some people say that uh they just wish they could listen every week well now you have a whole month to catch up and then two um It'll be able to kind of, for me, to recharge um, and, and do this back in the way that I used to, back in the way that I, that I love. I still love doing this. Um, it's just a lot of work. I don't know if you know this, but a podcast is a lot of work. Uh, and that's completely fine. I'm, I kind of like working on some things like this. I like making things that people enjoy. Uh, so I don't ever intend on stopping. But um, hopefully we'll come back. We will come back. But hopefully we will have some new... Uh, stuff to show you. I have a new plan for the uh, newsletter subscribers, and you can do that uh, by going to sidcast.fireside, F-I-R-E-S-I-D-E dot F-M slash newsletter and sign up. That's like a Google form. Uh, I think it's literally called a Google form. Uh, you can sign up there. I'll hope to have a new redesign ramp, ramped out. Uh, I will be sending out a survey to those newsletter subscribers about the show uh, what they want to see, who they want to see, I guess. Um, haven't really narrowed down any questions yet, but I know I'm going to do it here soon. Um, that way we can reevaluate, come back in January, and be bigger than ever. 
Uh, and then hopefully I, w- I want to do more or like, uh, uh, like kind of like a game day graphic, if that makes sense of, um, like our, like a podcast day. I want to do that. So we will come back with all that stuff, guys. Don't you, don't you worry. Um, and yeah, you can follow us on social media for any updates on that sort of thing at sports info on Twitter and Facebook. Another thing we are having crossover season, uh, upon us. Um, and I wanted to say a few things about the new program genius, we have used it here every game now. Uh, we struggle. We, I'm going to be honest. We struggle with it a little bit during some exhibition stuff, some private games that we had, like closed doors. Uh, we really didn't have any fans show up. We really didn't want any fans or media showing up to those. Uh, we had those games. Test that out a little bit. Still learning things every day with it. Uh, but now we've got it down to a science. And I think that that's what I'm seeing a lot with the uh, groups across Facebook. And the consensus on Twitter that I've been seeing is that it's now their preferred method. Um, so, yeah, but I, I just kind of wanted to share with you that uh, it's okay to make mistakes with those sorts of things and just be patient. And I think that some some persons, I know my one of my greatest assets uh, personally is to be comfortable in every situation. Uh, that's something that I've learned to do and kind of grown over the past couple of years is I'm comfortable in every environment. And the ability to stay calm. Uh, I will tell you last Saturday, I was all of a sudden off a foul and then I was off two fouls and then I was off two fouls on the other team and it just kind of got out of control for me, but never once did I panic. Um, I kind of kept my head about me. I swiftly edited. I compared, we have a backup stat computer with a stat crew. So I compared the, uh, the stats with that to mine, uh, made the necessary corrections and changes that were needed and uh, carried on with life. And it wasn't the end of the world. Didn't complain about it. Uh, my caller sensed that that was going on. Uh, he was patient with me. So I, as I would say, as we're coming up with the changes that are going to be made, is to, one, be patient with the software, and two, be patient with yourself. Um, don't panic if you don't know everything right off the bat. It is an expansive program. Uh, and that goes for anything. And being comfortable and being calm in any situation, in any environment, uh, is going to help you, I would say, in any situation. So uh, that's enough for me, guys. We will start off today with episode number 102, 102 of SIDcast with Adam White of Front Office Sports. And uh, we'll ask him if he's ever heard of it, uh, an SID right here on SIDcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd grown up around athletics throughout my entire life, right? I played baseball and swam in high school, uh, and I had done different things with, you know, seeing my sisters <clears throat> play sports in, in high school as well. You know, and you're talking to the athletic directors while you're there, and they're telling you about different positions. So long story short, is I, I had heard of them, uh, mm-hmm. and then I had seen, you know, them spoken about them. On Twitter and different era platforms when I was just starting out on, on those, but I had definitely heard about them. And then obviously I went to Miami and worked with the athletic department. And that's where I got a formal education into. And SID actually does. Yeah. Uh, you're actually originally from Arizona, is that right? Yep. Originally from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, went to Miami. And by the time my grandparents were living in a retirement home, and when I graduated from school, and I wanted to do something different, 
all of my friends were going to either U of A or ASU, and I told myself that you know if I really wanted to grow and uh, find better opportunities, that I need to to need to go away, and I decided to choose as far away as I could, not yeah. by not on purpose, but uh, just because of the fact that the opportunity for me at the time to play baseball, to do the right major, and to even uh, be closer to my grandparents was was too good to pass up. Were there any other places you were kind of looking at? I mean, were you were you looking to just go strictly far away, or did you even consider a UA or ASU? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really consider them. Yeah. Uh, my number one really overall was the Coast Guard Academy. I was dead set on that. Uh, I thought it would have been a really cool opportunity, given that both my uh, father and my and my grandfather had spent time in the in the armed forces, one in the Navy, and then one also in the Air Force, but. You know, they only accepted, I believe at the time, 200 people. And the year that I applied, I want to say they had close to 10,000 applicants. Um, wow. So it was very, 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 yeah. very cutthroat. And unfortunately, I didn't get it. So after that, I, I wasn't saying I was kind of scrambling, but uh, I had almost kind of suicide and like, applied that. Right. And I really didn't have a whole backup plan. And so then what I did, so I just tried to find something that would fit. And, you know, it just all the stars kind of aligned and Miami made sense and was able to make it all work. Yeah. So you went to university in Miami. That's a great sport, de- sport department, not, not only with athletics, but in a educational sense, isn't it? Yep. They have across the board. It's a, it's, you know, it's a ACC power five uh, school, right? It's, a lot has changed since I've started, right? I started at the latter half of, 2013 i believe yeah because i graduated in 2014 so or 2017 excuse me so spent the four years 2013 through 2017 a lot of change you know just in terms of pure facility wise right you have mm-hmm. a completely redone athletic center uh, you have a completely new um, indoor practice facility a bunch of other different additions a new things for the basketball team etc excuse me sorry and yeah. it's uh yeah, it's, it's definitely evolved. I think they've done a really good job um, across the board in terms of not only hiring good people, but retaining a lot of people. Right. You know, college athletics is something that a lot of people spend a year or two at each spot, and then they go to the next one, a year or two at each spot, and then they go to the next one as they climb the ladder. And I think Miami's done a really good job of being able to not only, like I mentioned, hire good people, but you know, I've, I've known people that have been here since I was you know, a freshman, and now I've lived down here almost two years, so that's a good six years, which is, you know, relatively unheard of. Uh-huh. So, we get a lot of people on the show that uh, we're, we're the same, I mean, I was a sport management major, you were a sport management major, sport <laughs> business major, something along those lines. Um, they have to do a lot of things at their small colleges, to where they, maybe they had to go and maybe they had to do a scoreboard, or maybe they had to go and take a, a, a I don't know, write down stats for baseball. So, uh, what would you say for that of a, a really a power five institution, one of the, uh, well, I think they wanted to be Harvard of the South at one time, but what was your experience <laughs> like at, uh, yeah, wasn't that on, that on the U, I think yeah. that they mentioned that, yeah. but, um, yeah. what was your experience like trying to gain experience, I, I would say, in a power five institution like that? Yeah, I think mine's a little bit different because I knew from the beginning that I didn't really want to work in college athletics. Uh, and that if I did, the the goal for me in the college athletic sphere was to to be on the the fundraising side, right? So I spent my whole entire second semester of my senior year, which was part of our 
sport management program at UM doing an internship with the uh, with the athletic department in the Hurricane Club, which is our development arm. And for you know a couple reasons, one, there wasn't really any other department in the athletic department that I was interested in. You know, uh-huh. ticket sales, sports information, digital media, social media, PR. You know, uh, I could I have done it, yes, but. For me at the time, as I looked at my senior year, everything that I did was pretty strategic. So the summer, mm-hmm. summer going into my my senior year, I went to Lincoln, Nebraska, and I interned at a startup. At the time, I was still running front office sports, and I said, "Okay, well, if we're gonna need, to, if we're gonna make this into something, I gotta go get some startup experience, see what it's like, learn from people who have done it." So I went there, and then I said, "Look, if I'm gonna try and make money, or if I'm gonna try and sell people." on something in terms of whether it's an investment or whether it's whatever it may be, mm-hmm. I need to be able to, to kind of get that experience. And I was like, all right, well, what better experience, what better way to get that experience than through the development arm? And, and luckily I had made good friends with our, uh, made good friends with our head of the development, Jesse Marks. And he, I had spent my, junior, my sophomore, excuse me, my sophomore and junior year volunteering uh, game days for them and just doing game days and not anything mm-hmm. in the office and then senior year i just made the transition into their full-time intern uh, and it ended up working out really well yeah awesome so you mentioned front office sports before we get yep. into any of that sort of thing i know you you tried to play baseball at, at miami can you tell us all yep. about that story for uh, what you i mean a lot yeah. of former student athletes are listening to this right now yeah yeah so the goal was to walk on at Miami, obviously a really good baseball team. And I thought that I had a definitely had a chance to do it. Um, you know, it wasn't something that I had been really recruited for. I, I mean, as smaller schools, yes. Um, coming out of Arizona where you're playing high level talent all the time. But, you know, for me, I was 135 pounds soaking wet my senior year and just hadn't developed yet. Both, yeah. I'm kind of a late bloomer. And so, um, you know, I spent the summer trying to get ready and, 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 you know, I thought I had a pretty decent tryout, but it just wasn't meant to be. And, and so instead I ended up, um, I ended up playing club baseball, which at Miami is fully organized and has, you know, as part of the NCBA. So we were practicing two, three, you know, four times a week during mm-hmm. the spring. We we're playing three games a weekend, traveling across the state. So while I may not have been a, you know, a division one student athlete, uh, you know, I still was able to play club baseball and get kind of that experience uh, in a little bit of a different sense, but in a way that was still competitive and, and made it seem like it was, it was worth it. Yeah. I, I know. Um, I almost went to a small college called uh, St. Joseph's college up by uh, almost by Chicago. And uh, they had a couple runners transferred to IU and they didn't, um, quite qualify for the team so what they ended up doing was going to the club running and that was still mm-hmm. very very competitive and I, yeah. I was like shocked at how competitive some of those club stuff are yeah um, very competitive yep. yeah so what was that like trying to to balance all that out be schoolwork also with front office sports maybe try to gain some experience what was that like for you personally uh trying to balance all that out during the spring I mean, it was fun, honestly. I didn't. I was a college student. I didn't have anything else to do, right? I mm-hmm. think at this point in your life, uh, you just got to focus on you, right? And right. so I just made sure that you know everything that I was doing was adding some type of value. Baseball was a way for me to spend a couple hours, you know, a couple times a week 
away from everything. I was working at the restaurant. We had a sports bar on campus, and so I was working at the restaurant. So that was my way to kind of make money and be around some people. And then I was doing schoolwork and then the site. And so, you know, I just, for me, I've never been a person where it's like, oh, that's too much to handle. Because mm-hmm. it's it's always been stuff that I really enjoy. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing is if you enjoy it, right, you can always make time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have any other priorities, which, you know, most likely you don't between 18 and 22 or, you know, really until up until the point where you have kids, right? Unless you, right. you know, you have a girlfriend or a wife, but even then they'll probably be pretty understanding. Uh, their priorities are rather limited, you know, you got work and, and that's it. And so for me, I've, you know, tried to be able to maximize that. And that's what I did while I was in school. And, and you talked about adding value and that, and that's what a term that I like a lot about what you just said there. So you made front office sports. Where, where did yeah. that, I think I messaged you on Twitter and I said that I think this is where our story is a little similar. So uh, can you go back and spare no detail on how the inception, maybe even the idea came about for front office sports and uh, what was it like in the beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, is, what it is now is not what it was ever supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just originally I started it. So I had come back after my freshman year at Miami. I was, you know, playing club baseball or excuse me. I was playing in a summer league in Arizona, uh, Summerwood Bat League in Arizona, and I, you know, was still trying to make sure I could try out for the team. And I went back home, and I look was looking for a job, and everyone was hiring and stuff like that. And so I was like, okay, uh, you know, it is what it is. No one's hiring. I'm only going to be here for three months. And so I thought to myself, well, what what in the world could I do that would make me, you know that would do something positive for me while I'm mm-hmm. sitting at home after I'm done working out in the morning and waiting for my baseball games to start in the later afternoon night. So what can I do that's going to add value that will allow me to do some, you know, creative stuff and, and it'll allow me to meet the right people as a sport admin major. You know, that's really a lot of it. A lot of it is about your network. And mm-hmm. so I reminisced back to my time at UM during my freshman year and one of the things we had to do was a project uh, which was an informational interview and I thought to myself I said and there's a lot of people in terms of informational interviews who are not getting the shine that they you know deserve right all the right. stories are about the Kobe's and the Shaq's and the you know the Manny Machado's and the Bryce Harper's of the world but there's a lot of people behind the scenes that you know a everyone wants to everyone wants to work for a sports team and B, uh, you know, it's they do just as much work, if not more. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to do informational interviews with people, I might as well just publish them. A, because it's going to give them a, a more of a reason to talk to me. And B, uh, it just does allows for some free publicity. And if I do it well enough that over the course of the next three years, I'll be able to build up a really good network organically that by the time I graduate, they'll be thinking about me in terms of potential job opportunities. Right. And so, you know, I paid my buddy $40 for the logo. I, you know, created a Wix website, bought the domain at the time for an office sports.org. And I just kind of was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? And so I went into LinkedIn and I said, Hey, you know, this is blah, 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 Adam. And this is what I'm doing. I would love to chat with you. If, if you are willing to take, you know, my call, just drop your email and I'll shoot you a note. And so, you know, I think five or six people reached out in the LinkedIn group and I shot them all a note and got on the phone with them. And, 
you know, those six people led to 12 people because everyone introduced me to two, and then those 12 led to 24, and then those 24, you know, led to 48, and by the mm. time I had finished the first year of really the content production, I had, uh, you know, done 110 informational interviews in that first wow. year, and, you know, as we started doing more of them, you know, I was trying to get one out every single day, every single day, every single day, just to create some cadence, and then as we started to do more of them, we were able to pick up some speed on social media and Twitter, and, you know, for the last couple of years, we've just really been really trying to to build that organically. Um, you know, I remember when we first hit our first thousand, and I was shocked, and then we hit, you know, 2,000, and I was blown away, and, you know, now we're closing in on the the 25,000 mark and it's, it's, it's really cool to see how people have responded to the content as, you know, as we've kind of shifted and evolved because it's no longer just a career advice and, uh, a career advice and, you know, a, a thing that's really meant for younger professionals. It's definitely a publication now that, you know, fifth, you know, people from senior level executive director, all the way down to interns and people who are looking to get in the industry are, are reading across the spectrum, uh, which is, you know, has been an interesting evolution and has been one that, you know, was spurred in terms of the, when we did our rebrand, right, it was making sure that the rebrand was a lot more polished and professional and exuded that that idea and that and that feeling that this was much more than just what it was because when you spend three or four years, or well, really three years, doing something for the most part um you know it was a really career advice driven really career oriented for the first two two and a half years yeah it's hard to break that it's hard to break that Mm. that mold and so for us to break that mold it was shifting the branding we shifted the domain uh to a dot com instead of a dot org did a couple other things and and that was kind of the the start of what we've been able to do and really the last the last year after we shifted the domain uh, and we got the new website in 2018. And so it was just, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. You, you covered a lot of different things there and I, and, and I'm sure I could feel for you in the beginning um, when you were trying to contact people just to be able to talk to them. Cause they're, cause you're still trying to break in, in, in some sense there, but uh, when nobody would uh, get back with you and now everybody gets back with you, right? Uh, I, I mean, there's still, people, there's still people who don't get back to you. But that's, it, it's the last life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, have, I have a small uh, inkling that maybe my stuff is going to spam. But um, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about trying to balance that. Um, yeah. I know for me, it, it's difficult. It, it really is because I'm sitting here talking to you. I had to space out my time. I got to go to work. I have to go to class. Uh, so what was it like when you were trying to maybe explain front office sports in its inception, maybe to your friends or maybe to uh, your parents. Um, what was it like in the beginning from a social standpoint to where you were dedicating all this time and even working at the restaurant? Yeah. I mean, I just, again, like I go back to, uh, it was what I like to do. You know, I knew it was going to be, it was going to add value. I'm someone who looks for stuff that's going to add value. You know, I was just having a discussion with my girlfriend the other day about, uh, your network as you as you get older and your circle of friends uh, you know as everyone knows it gets smaller because usually those are the people that you find are the most valuable to you whether it's in just pure friendship or in business relationships or whatever it may be and so for me I was never a big like I had to party when I was in school right. or I wanted to go out all the time or things like that and after that first year we started to pick up traction and I was like okay this could potentially be something so I'm going to stick at it and then after the second year I was like, okay, well, this could really be something. 
and then after the third year, I graduated, and I I didn't end up getting you know the jobs that I applied for mostly because I think I told them that I wasn't going to give up doing FOS, which you know is understandable because I don't think most people are going to hire you to to do something while you're working for them, mm-hmm. even if it is on your part, even if it is on your you know your time your off, but. Time, yeah. For me, and that was kind of like a blessing and a curse. And so, you know, I went back to the university after I graduated that first year, and was and you know, was a TA basically for an entire year. And then I was working at the then I was working at a different restaurant, serving three, four, five nights a four, you know, four nights or four nights slash days a week on top of working full time at the at the university. And you know, the goal was just to find a way to get it to the point where we could potentially make enough money to where I could get full time and. Uh, you know, luckily we were able to sign some partners at the latter half of 2017 who were able to allow us to, to, to get to that next step. And, you know, 2018 has been a much bigger step forward for us in terms of just overall uh, growth and everything like that. But, you know, back at the very beginning, it was, it was just out of pure joy, right? Like I just enjoyed Mm -hmm. it, you know, it wasn't anything more than that. And as you, as you grow into, because it was a hobby, right? You know, it hadn't been anything more than that until, you know, just this past year. And even then it's still, you know, since basically May when I went full time, right. You know, when I wasn't full time, it was still just a thing I did on the side. When I went full time, it was like, okay, this is a real thing. And, you know, we've had to been able to, to go back and, and really make sure all the stuff that makes a business a business are, you know, our stuff that's all set now. And so that was, that was the evolution. And I think the, the biggest part of it was, was that part, but yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still fun every single day, right? Like, you know, you sit here and you take, and you think about it, and you're like, well, I get up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning to start my day, and, you know, I'm not usually in bed until midnight, depending on how long the day goes and what else we have going on, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, that's 16 hours or so, give or take a couple hours for auxiliary things like eating or showering or whatever, and, you know, it's it's something that, you just got to love. And luckily for me, I still love some days I, I love more than others, but you know, it, it's definitely fun just because of the fact that at this point we have the opportunity to not only really showcase what people are doing innovative in the space, but you know, do so in a way that's, that's fun, that's engaging and that's a different voice than, than what would be normal. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much of a reader you are, but there's a book out there called, um, the e-myth by Michael Gerber. Um, and it talks about a little bit w- when somebody makes a startup, basically starts a startup. They talk about all these roles that they have to undertake. Um, and, and for you, it was doing the interviews, doing the social media, and then you were trying to expand into different areas. Um, at what point for you did you realize you had to bring on more people into this thing? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I still we, we still do most of those roles, right? Like I still right. run social. So it, it hasn't really changed too much, right? It's just become a little bit easier. But yeah, so I, uh, after my, that first summer, I went back to UM and I just posted in our Facebook chat, our Facebook group that we had for the kinesiology department. I said, Hey, look, I got this thing. It's kind of just like a blog. Mm-hmm. It's nothing really major, but you know, if anyone wants to help me on it, I think that we got something. And so Russ, our number two is the only guy who ever responded to me. And, and to this day, really the one of two um kids who've ever really worked closely with me on this and he uh, was like hey you know i'd be interested and so 
uh, the joke is, I mean, but it's the truth that we always joke about it, is I bought him a Caesar salad at the restaurant and we just chatted and we said, look, like, I don't know what this is going to become, but I think it'll be fun to work on together. And so uh-huh. we just started working on it together and we've seen it kind of grow up and obviously we've become super tight and really, really good friends throughout. And so that's, um, you know, that's kind of how it all shook out. What, what? At least with him, and then you know everything else has been kind of, you know Jay and Austin both started as people who were contributing, and then they're like, hey, I think I could do more, and they kind of walked into more roles, and it's just been again, it's just an evolution. Like none of this was started. Right. Like I didn't spend ten years in the industry, working at a different media thing, and meeting all these people and saying, hey, look, I'm gonna go work with this editor and this social person and this, and we're going to go build a business right. and we know we're going to build a business, right? We didn't know we were going to build a business until, <laughs> until the beginning of this year, you know, or until really the latter half of 2017 when we got some of those partners to come on board and believe in us. Uh, you know, so that was, that was the, that was the real catalyst. But at that, you know, it's, t- it's taken us a year to really figure out, okay, how do we build this business? And then, you know, we, got the investment recently and so that'll be allow us to to kind of just really actually build out a a, a team for the first time right we've never actually had a full-time team and so for us that's another exciting step is like okay this is what we've done with me being full-time for relatively less than six months Mm -hmm. and you know everyone else kind of part-time doing this on the side well, this is what we're going to look like as soon as we go full time, or and you know that's going to be a whole new opportunity for us. Let's uh, let's backtrack it a little <laughs> bit here. You, you did a lot of the feature stuff, like you said. You reached out to some people. So you and I talked a little bit off air. We we again similarities here is we wrote down the questions in the beginning. Now we don't do that anymore, do we? So what was it like? Um, one, who? How did you? What? What? Let me say that again. What was kind of the criteria like when you were looking for guests? And two, um, how is your storytelling and how has your interview style evolved over the years? Yeah, I mean, I think the criteria at the beginning was just anyone who who would let who me say talk yes. to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, still, it's it's and now it's really just about you know when we do features, it's all about people who have interesting stories, right? People we can build a narrative around, people who we can. Uh, we just recently did one on the girl who became the first. Denver Nuggets analyst for Altitude TV. Um, and not like the first Denver Nuggets analyst ever, but the first female one, mm-hmm. right? And so that's a really, really cool story. And, and to be able to highlight her and, and, you know, make sure that she's getting the shine, right? Our big thing is making sure people are getting the shine that they deserve. Uh, you know, I think that's a, a, that was a really cool, cool opportunity. So the, I would say the, the style in terms of writing has definitely changed, right? Because when I first did it, it was just Q and A's. I would just talk to them and then transcribe, talk to them and then transcribe, talk to them and transcribe. I wouldn't put any other types of opinions or thoughts or into mm. the articles. And now none of the stuff we do is Q and A's, just because we found a lot more value in putting together feature pieces about people uh, and just in general about the industry. Our big thing is, you know, dense quality. Right? I don't want to. I don't want to ramble on for a thousand words but i want you know in those 500 to 700 max words that we put on the paper that you're always going to learn something and that you're always going to be able to take something back to your job because that piece of content is going to answer a how and a why Uh, and as long as it answers that how and the why then we're you know extremely happy about that let's talk about moving into some other areas here i know you guys started uh, doing some more esports stuff and i think i think it might have been a couple months back even branching the career side 
to where you posted some jobs, maybe. Maybe I saw that, maybe I didn't. But uh, what are some places that maybe you didn't think front office sports would be covering uh, or maybe some places you want to take it in the future? Yeah, um, you know, for us, it was all this is just natural, right? Like, right. Esports, again, is not something that was talked about three years ago. If I would have known, actually, I should have known because my roommate at the time was a big League of Legends player my freshman year, like huge. You pay it till 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning every morning. And so I wish I would have known then, and maybe we would have started covering it. But, you know, it's just been all about what people would like to see and, and want from us. And the career side of things were just a natural evolution as part of that as well, just because of the fact that, you know, people were coming to us for career content. People were coming to us um, asking if we knew about jobs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, well, then why don't we just post jobs, right, and right. see if we can do this. And, yeah, it's, it's been a slow growth for us because we haven't really made a huge push on it as of yet. But I think it's it's really started to pick up in the last couple of weeks or so in terms of just sheer interest, uh, which is good to see because, uh, again, all of our stuff is about adding value and making sure that the, the end consumer and the people who – really need this these opportunities the most or need this content the most can get it in the most accessible way what about your brand here uh, you, you had to change your domain a few times maybe even change yeah. the publisher a few times change the logo a couple times so um the ever evolving and changing state of that uh what's that been like what kind of a journey <laughs> for you uh i don't know it's been kind of again see this is this is all because of the fact that at the beginning we never set out to build a business right and this is this is an interesting evolution of something that goes from a hobby and and that's been the hardest part for us right is you know at the beginning i started with a wix based website and then i went to squarespace and then we were on medium for a hot second and then we finally got to the point where we were on where we were on you know wordpress and and it's been you know just easier because it's an industry standard um you know for us it's it's been tough, right? Because you're hmm. balancing. We had to, I had two emails at one point where directing people from the .org to the .com. Yeah. You lose your search rankings and stuff like that. But for us, it it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't a huge thing to make sure that we were on everywhere. And then the logo too, I think, is just the biggest thing. Is like I mentioned earlier, is that it's about the evolution of the way people perceive us right uh early on the logo is a briefcase and just a little bubble letters and was very expressive of what the brand was then uh-huh. um, you know the goal for the brand now is you know the way we built the logo is again polished professional not really edgy but you know forward thinking kind of thing and so that was the change and it was all about how can we change perceptions because we knew people still thought of us as the 18 to 25 year old blog that people just read on the side. Right. Um, and you know, it was all about career advice and not the everyday publication that could really make an impact in terms of what we were covering and what they were learning about the industry in a day to day basis. Um, so, I mean, obviously we still have a lot of, a lot of work to get to that point and the goal is to continue to, to try and our best to do that. But yeah, it is, it is something that it's, ever evolving and i don't think it's gonna stop i would like some more stability but as of right now you know the logo's pretty set we're set with wordpress i don't think we're ever gonna not be on wordpress anymore um you know the domain's probably gonna stay the same so at this point i think we're 
we're at the end of the evolution and the change. But for the last two or three years, it has definitely been a new, new domain and a new, uh, and a new, you know, web backend mm, and then a yeah. new logo and all these different things. I can't. We can't move on without uh, talking about the sport industry as a whole here for a minute. And, and there's a couple things that you said that I, I've seen a little bit more trends. So you. You took the initiative to start something to 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 build it in the beginning to network and in a sense you still kind of are and now you're a recognizable brand but um, I've noticed it, it, here and not to knock on USI or anything but we sometimes shelter our athletes in the sports management major. Um, you provided your sport and kinesiology Facebook group with the opportunity with something that you could build, you can network. Sure, it's not sexy, it's not flashy at the time, but you only had one person do it. So um, what was it like for you, and what do you think it is still like trying to break in or, or trying to break into the sport industry? What what do some undergrad students maybe need to work on, do you think? Because we do have a lot of uh, young professionals listening to the show right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot easier than people make it out to be. Um... All you got to do is inter, inter, all you got to do is intern or get volunteer experience at one place, do a hell of a job, and that person will write you a write you a letter for someone else if they're not going to give you a job, right? So right. it's it's really a lot easier than people make it seem. I, I've never been a fan of the whole oh it's so hard to break into sports oh blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah blah. I mean, it's hard if you, you really it, yeah. if you really want to do something, it, it's only hard for the people who don't want to put the effort into it. And even then, right, it's not even, like, if you're in school, it's not like you have to work like I did, you know, every single day and doing a bunch of different stuff. You know, you could work a normal internship, but just as long as you prove value and whatever it is, if it's graphic design, SID, digital media, ticket sales, whatever it may be, um, you know, people hire talent and people hire good people. So if you have some sort of talent and if you're a good person, it's very hard for you to not get a job, right? And mm. so I would say it's almost harder to not get in than get in, right? Like as long as you do everything, it's much easier to get in than it would be to not get in, right? Like right. there's so many – I mean even if you wanted to go to where most people start, which is ticket sales, like it's – again, you just got to prove one or two things that you, you can do and, and you, you have an opportunity there. Yeah. So – I just think that if people really want something in terms of whatever it may be in their career or their life, it's all about initiative, right? You know, um, whether it's the girl you want to take out or the guy you want to take out on a date or something like that, or if it's your career or if it's a dog or if it's you want to travel somewhere, it's all about aligning your priorities and making sure whatever you're doing is going towards those priorities, right? So is your value going to this is your value going to that are you spending your money on things that are going to help you advance right are you going to conferences to meet the right people are you you know working are you spending money on making sure that you know you have a graphic design suite if that's what you want to you know do in terms of adobe and photoshop and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah I, i think it's i think the misconception is that it's hard uh, yes, does it take a little bit of time? Sure, but that's anything. Anything that you want takes time. I don't. I don't want to say it's necessarily harder than any under any other industry. There's there's a lot of. I think there's a lot of pontification on that, just because the people above 
in the industry want to make it seem like it was so hard for them to get in and it's like this badge of honor to get into the sports industry because it's so hard so hard which i think is a lot of bs you know, yeah. when it comes down to it yeah as, as long as you put in the work i think and not leave your resume blank i see a lot of uh people with blank resumes really um i was just talking to my friend the other day uh, yeah that's why it goes back to like i was saying it's like it's very hard to have a blank resume. Nowadays. Right. But, like, yeah. really, like, you can message two people on LinkedIn, and if you tell them, hey, I'll work for you for free for a year, uh, I just need something on my resume, hmm. they're most likely not going to say no. Yeah, you're, you're, you're free work, basically. Yeah, like, uh, how hard is it? But I was yeah. talking to my, my friend the other day, um, and he, he he's graduating in May, and he was looking around maybe at the uh, the college athletics landscape. Not, not sports information per se, but um, I was like, so where you have your resumes out in different places, and he goes, yeah, but it's just so hard. I was on Monster.com looking for these things, and he goes, I can't really find any. I'm like, you you haven't really done your research, have you? Because there's NCA market, there's you guys, like it, you're. It's <laughs> there's always openings. Is there, there's always things to do, and um, I, I just I think people are just getting lazier and lazier as time goes on. But um, Adam, this is a part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. Um, I have to change it up for you a little bit, considering you're. Not an SID. I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse for you, but uh, probably more or less a blessing, a uh, curse for me. But um, you got a funny story I, I yeah. heard. I, I know through the Makers of Sport podcast, Adam Martin's a friend of ours on the show. We love we love Adam, um, even though he's a UK fan. But uh, Price is Right. I think yeah. you kind of bridge that story a little bit. Uh, you were a contestant on that, weren't you? Yep, yep. Uh, so... I got my 15 seconds of fame uh, when I went to The Price is Right when I was 18. I had just turned 18, drove from Arizona to Los Angeles uh, uh, with my older sister at the time. And uh, we just went to The Price is Right. We wore our T-shirts. and We're like, ah, what the heck? If we don't get it, we'll watch the show. And lo and behold, I was one of the first four people called down. I was the second to last person to get up on stage. I ended up winning you know, $6,300 worth of things tvs wow. saunas etc uh spun the wheel spun a 95 made it all the way to the showcase showdown and lost to an old lady by the name of Dolores by what i believe is 120 dollars huh. um, so but heck uh, it was like a dream because it's, you know if you go on the show you can't really tell anyone that you made it because it doesn't air right away right so i went in october it didn't air till january uh you don't get any of the prizes it's it's just like a world wind and so it's uh it's definitely something i'd recommend i mean look it's free uh you go and you just you just go and you don't have to pay for a ticket as long as you reserve it and yeah it was i enjoyed it i never you know i wouldn't i would always do it again the funny thing is you can't win for another 10 years wow so i'm four years away from that now so i'm six years out so uh, I may go back when I'm 28 and see if I can win again, but I did tell my little sister that eventually I would take her to see if she could win. So yeah, keep the family tradition alive. Hopefully, yeah. um, uh, What I know that recently you guys just got an investment from Stein. So in a few words, yep. how'd you sum up that experience? Um, <laughs> that's a lot of work. A uh, few words. Um, exhilarating. Mm-hmm. but also stressful, I guess, in terms of, like, exhilarating because of the fact that of who we're be getting the chance to work with, someone I've looked up to for a very long time, someone who I, you know, hold in high regard, someone who I think uh, really gets what we're trying to do. 
and then you know hard work just because like i mentioned none of this was supposed to be um a business so i'm not saying that we didn't have like the framework for it we definitely did that like we were an llc we had all this stuff but a lot of the other processes like we weren't doing because this wasn't supposed to be a business and so for us to kind of button that all together and try and make sure we're on the same page and then you know be able to present what we're doing and kind of the vision and the plan and how we see this all trending over the next three to five years uh has been something that's definitely not been easy but is is something that we think is you know has been able to get us and will be able to excuse me get us to that next step and right it's very hard to start a media company with zero experience and zero resources uh, and that's what we did for the first four years and now we have experience and some resources so if we could do what we did for the first three and a half four years while it was essentially a hobby um if we could do you know that plus or times five or six or seven when it's not just a hobby and it's something that's a full-fledged business with you know staff members then the sky's the limit you uh i know at the time of this recording you you mentioned off air um this is a couple of weeks ago now that you're listening to this quote unquote but um you got an exciting announcement tomorrow can you give us uh what's the little preview for us <laughs> yeah so well yeah i guess now i can't because it's two weeks out but yeah so we'll be announcing our rising 25 partner oh. uh, um, so our rising 25 is our you know we like to the easiest comparison is it's our Forbes, our version of the Forbes 30 under 30. Uh-huh. Um, so our rising 25 partner is someone that we've, you know, been working on for quite some time and someone who I think that the industry is really going to see as wow, Like this is, this is going to be the award to win as someone who's 25 and under. Uh, and we, and we surely believe it will be, um, in terms of what we'll be able to do over the course of the next, you know, six months with our partner and then hopefully into the many more years after. So, yeah. Awesome. Similar to our hall of fame voting we got. So if you're not a newsletter subscriber, I would do that, but shameless plug. But anyway, um, you have talked to so many professionals, you've talked to so many people in the industry. So what is your one piece of advice to uh, students going into this profession? I would say look outside the profession for ideas. Uh, the industry is too, unfortunately, um, is too narrow. I wouldn't say narrow is too incestuous in terms of ideas. A lot of people copy everyone. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think the I think the best thing is to to look at like best practices. If you're doing marketing, look at what Apple's doing. Look at what Spotify's doing. Look at what these companies that are valued at billions of billions of dollars are doing because of the fact that you know that works, right? You don't have to copy it and you don't have to go out and say, Oh, I'm going to, you know, copy what, how Spotify acquires users. Cause it's not possible for you because you're probably going to be on a smaller stack with yeah, smaller resources, yeah. but you sure as heck can learn about how their best practices and what they've been able to do to optimize their user acquisition funnel and what that has done for them. So, you know, I think, I think that's the biggest thing is don't get caught up so much in, in the industry, right? Cause it's mm-hmm. not, I don't think it's going to get you anywhere. Um, and in the grand scheme of things, just don't take it so seriously. It's sports, like it doesn't have to be that serious. Um, but you know, you should definitely find a way to, to make sure your education is well-rounded enough and that not only is what you're doing, learning about is outside of just the particular sport managements of the world, uh, because eventually you may not want to work in sports or whatever it is. Uh, but 
you just again everything the more diverse perspectives you can read about you can learn about you can see things like that the better off you're going to be do you ever have a horror story of working with front office sports mm, like working on it like yeah, I something guess so. that something that happens yeah sure <sighs> no horror stories really i mean Perfect. we we did a we were supposed to have a, a webinar with a partner one one week and it didn't work at all um, so that was pretty embarrassing, but I wouldn't say it was like a horror story. Yeah. Um, it's not, that's fine. Some people do, some people don't. Yeah, no, no horror stories. All right, perfect. Well, that leads me to my next question. Uh, next time someone's in Coral Gables cause they got to go to Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? Uh, restaurant or bar recommendation? Yeah. Coral yeah. Gables. Um, well, Cuban, definitely you should get Cuban. Ooh, yeah. So I'm a big, there's a place not far from campus, Casa Cuba. Um, so that's like a big one. Uh, bar, I don't know. I've never really been a big bar guy. The Rat on campus you got to go to, which is UM Sports Bar. So you got to go there. It's the best place uh, right on the water, on the lake. Uh, so I'd say those are the two places, at least right on campus. Awesome. If anybody wanted to follow up with you, maybe you want to get in touch with you, have some questions yep. for you, what would be the best way to do it? Yeah, so just on Twitter, F-O-S Adam. Um, LinkedIn is just Adam White. Email, uh, Adam at frontofficesport.com. So it's Adam at F-R-N-T-O-F-F-I-C-E-S-P-O-R-T.com. Uh, newsletter, signing up for that, I think is an easy way to stay in touch with me as well. Uh, but yeah. It's pretty simple. Why is there no O in the uh, in the Cause, uh, email? Because we frontofficesport.com was owned by someone, and then front office sports, like the whole entire thing, is owned by someone else too. Mm. So we just made it the symbol. We just made it the same as our Twitter handle and our yeah, Instagram and stuff like that, just for yeah, simplify it. Yeah, yeah, just to simplify it and just to have uniformity Consistent. across everything. Mm-hmm. So. I understand. So, Adam, thank you very much for coming on. We really, really, yep. really do appreciate it, bud. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. All right, guys, that'll be it from me today, and that'll be it from me for a little while here. We will be taking the month of December off, as I have said in the uh, intro. In the meantime, sign up for our newsletter, sidcast.fireside.fm, and you can follow us on social media at SportsInfoCast on Twitter and Facebook. Give us a a like or anything, I guess not a like, a rating and a review uh, wherever you get your podcasts. They are greatly appreciated. I'm not sure who we're going to have coming up in January, but I will let you guys know ASAP, um, probably sometime in December. I'll be doing that. So uh, anyway, guys, I want to thank you all for listening. I want to catch you all in the next episode.